everybody, welcome to another episode of Relationship Theory. I'm your co-host, Tom Bilyeu, and I'm here with my beloved, lovely, beautiful wife with really cool hair. Thank Lisa you. Bilyeu. Rocking it out a bit today. I dig it. The last couple of days. Thank Word. you. Hello. You ready? Let's do this. Let's rock Let's it. Just, just jump right in. In. All right. This question is from Cami Wilson. How do you explain to your partner that intimacy doesn't always have to lead to sex? It makes me feel like that is, uh, that is their only priority because their love language is physical affection. Well, so the way that you explain it to your partner is to say that instead of making it sound like it's just empirically true, to say, because what I hear in that question is a judgment that, oh, he's out of line for thinking that it always has to lead to sex and embrace that, okay, that's how he approaches the world. That's how he sees it. That is a trigger for him. So if you want that to not be a trigger for him and you want to make sure that you're able to have physical intimacy that doesn't lead to sex, that you just communicate it. But I think the the big breakthrough for us was saying, okay, that is how the other person interprets it. That's not a bad thing. It It is the way that they do it. It just happens to be different than the way that I do it. So communicating and saying, look, there are going to be times where I just want to touch or cuddle or be held or feel safe and secure, like whatever the thing is that she gets out of that. And I'm so curious because you have like this little I hidden do, suppressed smile on your face. I just remembered something that happened um, recently. I'm super curious. So I'll finish <laughs> this and then I can't wait to hear that. Um, so yeah, just communicating that and, and to not judge that that is how the other person feels and then to... Um, communicate very clearly, this is one of those times I just need to be held or whatever. And you can, like, if you don't like having to say, and I don't want it to lead to sex, then come up with a phrase that feels very comfortable, Mm. um, you know, where if the phrase is going to be, I just need to be held, that we know, and the thing that isn't said is, which means and I don't, don't want it to go to sex. Yeah. You know what I mean? So. And I say that to you like I just want cuddles. Mm. Um, but what I was thinking of is literally, I think it was last week, in fact. We had, it was so crazy and we finally had time together and I was cooking and you came up behind me and you started just kissing me. Mm. And you just kept giving me hugs. And I'm like, wow, this is so sweet. Like, I really like touch, physical touch to me is very important. So you were just like coming around and you were just hugging, hugging, hugging. You gave me these kisses and you were so sweet. And then you turned around and I said, thank you so much for those cuddles. And you said, yeah, I know that's how your language. And then you were like, but don't forget my language is sex or something <laughs> like that. And it was only last week. And it was, it was hilarious and so true. Now, look, I know that about you, but just right. like anything, even though we've been together for so long, um, it's nice to be reminded, right? Because I, it would be easy for me to slip into the like, oh, he's, get, he's giving me cuddles and so now he's satisfied as well. Um, even though I know intellectually you're not, it's just because I feel it so strongly that we're bonding in those cuddle moments that it was actually nice that you did remind me. So I didn't take that like the wrong way, but I like that you had said that out loud because going back to what you said, like it's not wrong if you want sex you know if that's your language like it's not wrong it's just you need to communicate that and find the times that make the other person feel welcomed or push the other person away and as a woman I totally understand initially before we ever really kind of got into know each other like we do now um it absolutely feels like oh all he wants is sex again and it's so interesting I can't believe I used to think like that because the truth is is that that's your way of feeling close to me but I was perceiving it to be um almost like 
what, am I just a piece of meat? Like, it was like a negative reflection on me, which is so strange that I interpreted like that. Because, you know, now obviously we speak about it, I also change my perspective and say, well, hang on, the other alternative is he doesn't find you attractive. He doesn't want to sleep with you anymore. And that's horrifying. So if I had to choose, I would want you to want sex all the time. Yeah, it's, this is one of those that the I know that it's very dangerous to make. It's not dangerous. There are broad generalizations that you can make. It just doesn't apply to everybody. But at a broad generalization level, I've, I've always found the phrase, um, women need to feel loved to have sex and men need to have sex to feel loved, very informative. Mm-hmm. And... I think communicating that and finding out if your partner feels that way, if that makes sense. Like, I remember the first time I heard that, it was one of those where I just started laughing out loud because it was so insightful and rang so true, and yet I'd never had the words to put around it. And it's not that men don't want to feel loved. It's not that women don't want to have sex. It's just that there's a very um, different interplay going on and talking through it, being open about it, and non-judgmental. Like, that's the part, mm. like, so often I hear people like, oh, it's all he wants, or, you know, she never wants, or whatever. It's like, no, we have a disconnection, a disconnect on language, on how the other person perceives, feels, whatever. Like, and once you understand that for them to feel the way I want them to feel, mm. they have, I have to do something different than they would need to do for me. And so... It's the the joke that we always make about, it's like giving Armageddon for Christmas, you know, the movie, um, which was given to a friend of ours by her significant other, and she didn't even like it. it. Yeah. Right. He wanted to watch it, so he gave her the movie for Christmas, and she was mortified. And I just always found that hilarious, that you don't, don't give the gift that you would want, give the gift that they will receive. Right. So what do they want? And making sure that you understand that, that you've talked about it, that you know what they appreciate, that you know what their love language is, you know like where on that spectrum they fall. Yeah. I think that's very, very important. Yeah, for sure. And then I used to have friends who would moan. So if someone bought their, their partner or their other half bought them flowers, it's like, oh yeah, all he wants is sex. And it's like, okay, but, and like that used to actually rub me the wrong way because I thought, okay, Here you are saying like you want flowers, you want to be thought of, they do it for you. And then it's like, but he's only doing it for this reason. It's like, well, first of all, when are you actually then going to be happy, right? And then second of all, well, why doesn't it work like that? And, you know, me and you are very open about that. It's like, hey, like even if it's a vacation, all right, I want to go to this place today and then tomorrow you get to go the place that you want and we'll both go along with each other and share the experience. I think the same is true for sex and romance and stuff like that now look i'm not saying it has to always be tit for tat but you definitely want to be giving and getting um and so yeah for me it was i never saw that as a problem like if someone was being trying to be romantic and give you something because you said hey i really want to be thought of and they receive or they do it why is that a problem yeah so i will say that intention matters and i think that if the person gave a bouquet of flowers and you open the card and you're like, oh my God, this is so sweet and it's so lovely and you see the little card sitting in the middle and you pull it out and you open the envelope and you take the card out and it says, give it up. <laughs> then it's like, and if that's the, if that's All how right, it feels, you know what I mean? Where it's like, they are, they are giving these flowers not so that I will feel okay, yeah. desirous, so that Why? I will feel connected and appreciated and understood. All the things that are the foreplay yeah. for 
the woman, then I get why that would be frustrating for people. But if the person's intention is that, and then the accusation that I've seen come across, which is that somehow sex is um, a base activity, it's a base desire, and you know that's all he wants, and it's bad, and in, and there's like a level of shame attached around mm-hmm. that desire. That's equally problematic in the other direction. Mm-hmm. So I think that understanding, and I and part of it is I was so upfront with you in the beginning that look, I just have a higher sex drive than the average person, and so don't be with me if that's problematic. Now, and you said I will never be in a relationship that hasn't that doesn't ex- have sex. I don't do yeah bed death. Yeah. So. Um, that's one of those where, okay, if that doesn't work for you, hey, I totally get it, then we're just not suited for each other. But that doesn't mean that we can let the relationship deteriorate, that you don't feel loved and connected, Mm -hmm. and that I just have some standing expectation of sex. The the, um, connection, the bond, the appreciation, like all of that has to be there first. And I'm more than happy to accept that that is one, just a very good strategy for having a loving, lasting relationship, and that two, that that's a prerequisite for you to be able to enjoy sex. I'm totally down for that. Mm. Um, And if I'm completely honest, for me, connection is a huge part of sex. And it the just like one night stand with somebody, like if I'm gonna have a one night stand, I still have to be intrigued by them. That's just Mm. the reality. Like even that, like there has to be some real level of interest for me. Um, And so I, I don't think that hurts in terms of I want that as well. I want the connection. But yeah, I definitely, especially now, there's so much history and so much depth of connection and shared experience and all of that, that yes, it is very easy for me to be like, hey, sex, just like with somebody that I love and care about. And I don't need as much reminding on the other side of like the connection and all of that. And going back to that line, women need to feel loved to have sex. Mm. Men need to have sex to feel loved. even switching that just to connected. Mm. It's actually very true. All right, next question. And guys, um, just to let you know, you can submit any questions that you have to us at connect at impacttheory.com and you're more than welcome to stay anonymous if you like. We um, need to change that email. Yes, we do, but for now, connect at. Yes, word. Um, all right, so this is from Anonymous. My girlfriend and I don't have sex. She only wants to have sex after a night of drinking. I find myself feeling really tense and insecure at times about this lack of physical intimacy and affection. I don't want to persuade or coerce her into having sex with me. However, I love her a lot and really want what seems to be this missing piece in our relationship. What should I do about this? We have talked before many times about how I feel and it always ends with her saying, if you want sex, go have sex, but I don't want to, which leaves me in an awkward situation. I love her and want to be with her, yet I want to express myself sexually especially with her every alarm bell I have is going off this could be something as simple as it's just a mismatch of sexual desire Mm -hmm. very possible Um, in which case my advice is find somebody that you match with sexually like there is a relationship out there where not only will you feel that love and excitement that you feel for her but then there's also a balance of sexual energy um, which just having lived it is so unbelievably rad, like I would look for that. Um, It's also entirely possible that this is um, something that has to be processed through. Like I will just say, 
the number of women that have been sexually abused or had a mm. negative experience. So it's like possible that it's just asexual, low sex drive. It's Absolutely. One in four, apparently. And then it's possible that, yeah, I mean, it, the stats are beyond terrifying. So there may be trauma that needs to be resolved. And it may be as simple as like, she's just not that into you. And I, I have no idea. I don't know them. Why? No clue what is true. Yeah. I just know that if they're talking about it, and it's not resolving and it ends with, oh, you can go have sex with other people. I just am not interested unless I'm drinking. Like the number of potential problems, including, it doesn't sound like they're having sex frequently, so I'm, I'm guessing alcoholism isn't there, but like that just tells me that, that there are walls up or something, I don't know. Yeah, 100%. So um, because it could be any one of a number of huge things and the fact that them talking is not resolving it and her, solution is to go have sex with other people i i will say that there is there is a tremendous dysfunction in the relationship mm -hmm. that either requires therapy to identify what it actually is um or someone to finally be honest and say yeah i'm just not that into you yeah but yeah. i i personally would not stay in the relationship in the way that it is so i would start with therapy or something but I wouldn't just be like, oh, well, I guess this is it. Or, oh, well, I guess I, I'll go meet, get my sexual needs met with somebody else and then come back. Like, that just, that's crazy. And I'm not saying that this isn't a pitch for monogamy. I don't care whether people are monogamous or not. But, like, if they're not going to be monogamous, doing it in a way that builds the relationship makes people feel more connected, like, that seems, like, that, okay, I can get behind. But just being like, you can't get those needs met here. Like we don't serve your kind here. Mm. Like that's just the relationship will implode. Yeah, I mean, it just it reiterating what you're saying. It takes just brutal honesty on both sides of it, right? And that was one thing that both me and you had to really deal with. So, like, as I got sick, um, you know, three years ago, it literally felt like one day my entire intestines ruptured, and I could barely stand up, and that. I mean, I'm still suffering now and I still have massive bouts of pain and things uh, I have to be, you know, lie in bed and I have to be horizontal for sometimes and I can't wear a bra and, um, and all of that over time, you never once complained. But I remember thinking to myself, you know what, like knowing how sexual, sexual you are, we need to talk about this because it, it's hard for me to, you know, have that pressure right now. And so I remember just saying to you, like, look, we should talk about it because I don't feel like you're being satisfied by me. And that's fine. Like, it's OK to say out loud. And I know that there's nothing I can do about it. I don't feel guilty about it. But it's the truth. And I want to make sure that you feel like you're being heard and that you can talk to me about it. And you can say, look, right now I am feeling, you know, um, sexually, God, you didn't say ignored, but like you're not being as satisfied as normal. And um, to me, that's very okay to say out loud, even if it, it's because I'm sick, because I know I didn't do it on purpose. And you weren't pointing the finger saying it's your fault. But I think having that conversation, being on the same place, feeling like you've been heard, and then having each other respect each other's situations and being like, okay, so how do we work through this? Um, I think it's just so important. Totally. No question. So, next question. Ah, this is, I don't know if that's actually, no. They've got a code name, Sexless, Sexless in Seattle. Wow. Hi, Tom and Lisa. My boyfriend is amazing. He's very self-aware and open and willing to communicate and talk through things. He is a great father to his kids, 
from a previous partner and he would make an incredible life and business partner. He's everything I've wanted in a partner except the thing I'm not except one thing I'm not very physically attracted to him. Let me be clear, he isn't ugly by any means. He just isn't my normal type. Sex is an issue for us because when I see him, I don't see a sexual partner. I see an incredible man, amazing father, a loving and supporting partner, but not someone I want to jump on. I want all of this amazing, amazing qualities in a partner, but I also want an amazing sex life. I'm afraid I have to settle. With a growth mindset, I think I should be able to change my preferences, but I don't know where to start. Any advice? Wow, this is not an easy question to answer. So I will say that being in a relationship with somebody that you're not attracted to is as bad for them as it is for you. So I'll just start there. Like that is such a, a catastrophic scenario for self-esteem um, on the person whose side where you're not attracted. Like I promise you that person feels it. They pick up on it in subtle ways. It's unnerving, it's whatever. But like that is... Um, way bad mojo. Um, so, and I don't know, like, when you say they're not your type, like, if it's something that's solvable, then it might be worth having a conversation. If it's something like they're too um, skinny, they're too heavy, they can add muscle, like, there are things that they can do to that. And so, being open and honest about what you find attractive, and then the other person can decide if they're interested in doing that or not. Like for instance, if you came to me and said, hey, I really want you to add more muscle, like I would rather know that than not know it. And then I can decide like whether I wanna service that desire that you have or not. Mm -hmm. um, but you just like quietly not being attracted to me, like yeesh, that is really not good. And then I'll also say that settling when you have like this unease about not being attracted to that person, I would not uh, suggest that people make that decision. I just think there are too many extraordinary people in the world that you could click with on more levels. Um, and then changing like what you're attracted to, while it is possible, it is possible, I don't know that I could ever give somebody that advice. The only time that I'll give somebody that advice is I'll say, learn to be attracted to your partner at every age. So mm. I was way into you when you're, and I've talked about this on the show before. I was gonna say, I was way into you when you're in your 20s, I'm way into you now. It's inevitable that people's bodies change. And I, there's this graph, it is so fascinating. So the graph is the age of the person and the age of person that they find attractive. Mm. So for women, the age that they're at and the age that they find attractive is always within four years. So if you're, let's say 22, then you find somebody who's like 24 down to 18 attractive. And mm -hmm. it just like scales up. So when you're 30, it's up to 32, down to 28, like mm -hmm. so on and so forth forever, like as you get older. Whereas with guys, it's always 22. No matter what age the guy is, the age that he finds attractive is 22. So coming into it, I was just like, okay, well, if that's like the natural state of things, that's devastating for a woman as she ages with a partner. And it's like, well, I'm continuing to find him attractive, but he's still stuck finding women at 22 attractive. And while I, I will always find youth appealing, so of course a woman in her 20s is going to be sexually attractive, I wanna make sure that I am literally at like a limbic physical level that I'm still drawn to you as we age. And so, that's very hard to explain in a brief way, so I won't go into that now, but there are definitely ways to do that where you can 
fall in love with the imperfections of your product. Like actually fall in love with it and really um, become attracted to it and have a connection to it that comes with shared experience and like prioritizing that and the connection and sort of the disappearance of the self, which hey, I get how dangerous that is and that's gonna be a trigger for a lot of people. But like there, there are ways to do it. I just, oh my God, when I say that's the advanced class in a relationship, like that just, oof. yeah. I, I don't advise starting there. Mm-hmm. I would say when you find somebody who you're enraptured with and you want to share your life with, and quite frankly, you guys have some years under your belt so you know that this is real and that you really are that deeply connected, then you can begin shifting like your connection with them and associating your connection with them and the safety that you feel with them and the excitement and of that person and all of that. You can begin to um, use physicality um, triggers to feel that, which is sort of a brief explanation of what you're doing. Um, but trying to start there when you don't have like sexual interest, woo. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing. What you're saying is true, but there's a lot of things that I'm like, oh God, I know what you're saying, but it's tough. So for instance, um, if you've got somebody and you want to, their, their physicalities aren't necessarily like, oh, I'd love you to put on more muscle or something like that. You say it to someone that has really low self-esteem, right? Or if it's like muscle actually doesn't seem as bad to me and I'm going to make it just difficult on purpose, like losing weight, yep. right? That's much more emotionally damaging yep. to say to someone, hey, I'd, you know, I'd find you more attractive if you lost 50 pounds. Like mm-hmm. how do you say that to someone and make them feel loved because all they're hearing is I'm not good enough. Can I actually answer and now, that question? And now they're not sexually attracted to me. Like I think that would make, be more damaging for their sexual um, attraction, not less. So now let's just walk through it. Yeah. What are your options? Lie, silence, yeah. or truth? Yeah. So I get it. That is a brutal conversation and it will really hurt the other person. So I will say you start with making sure that they feel loved, that they feel feel that you value them, that you care about them, and that it, no matter what their weight, that you still think that they're a valuable, worthy human being. Okay, but now the reality is, and this is where we have to get outside of PC culture, if they have a body type that you are not attracted to, lying, hurts you and them, silence hurts you, possibly them, because I think that they will certainly feel it, and if they ever found out the truth, they would be only more devastated with every passing day. The later in a relationship that you find out that secretly your significant mm-hmm. other isn't attracted to you, mm-hmm. that, that is a, a nightmare of such epic proportions, I can't even imagine. Like if you came out now and said, oh, by the way, for the last you know, 18 years, it's actually really turned me off that XYZ, I would be fucking yeah, crushed. Yeah. Like, I mean, that Why would just not be tell like, me that I can do something yes. about it, yeah. So it's like, look, I'm not saying people have to have a perfect physique. There's no question. There have been times in, in our marriage where I've been in better shape than I am right now, for sure. So it's like, I fully get that people aren't necessarily going to be in peak physical condition at all times. But I'll say that there are parameters that are acceptable. And we've somehow gotten to the point where it's like, you can't even tell people what you're really thinking. And the moment you can't be, and I'm not gonna say brutally honest, because I think that that connotes uh, a certain cruelty. cruelty yeah. And I'll say, be candid. Yeah. And the reality is, if somebody's getting to a point where they're letting themselves go, and you're either not attracted to it, um, and quite frankly, here's what I would have a hard time with. 
if I let myself go, it's also a discipline thing. Like I've given up on myself in some ways. It's a mindset I'm, thing. Yeah. yeah, like I'm not, I'm not taking it seriously. I'm not putting in the energy. And I will just tell you right now, I love each and every person listening to this as like a human being, but no, no one has a lifestyle that leaves them less quote unquote free time than me. So there are times where we were joking before the camera started rolling that my 40 hour week is 80 hours. So that's like my, I, and, and no joke, I feel like I'm slacking. If, if I worked 70 hours, I would feel like such a slacker. Well, I just said I missed you and you said, I don't think, I, I don't feel like I've been missing. You said like, I've only had like 80 hour weeks and literally we burst out laughing. Like, I love how that to you is. But that to me really is. And, but even in that, I eat right and I right, exercise. Right, so anyway, right, I'm just right. saying that like, there are all the excuses in the world to not do it. The reality is that there's a pushback based on I shouldn't have to. Mm-hmm. Um, people should love me for who I am. Mm-hmm. People should, and, and that one I actually understand. Like, it would be amazing to live in a world where people really do just love you as you are. But wait, 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 wait. Yeah. But there, you can't argue with attractiveness. Like, there, to say people should be attracted to me the way that I am, some people will be. Like there are some people that are attracted to literally everybody type. I'm not joking. There's a whole thing about amputees and people just like unimaginably attracted to amputees. So like literally there is a body type for everyone. So either go find the person that's really into that body type or accept that the person that you're with has a different range and you have to decide whether you want to be in that range. But to to just ignore what they find attractive or want them to lie or want them to remain silent, that seems crazy. But what if you met them and they were that body type in the first place? What do you mean? So it's like, well, then why are you with me? Oh, yeah, 100%. But then don't be with them. Right. And that's what I'm saying. Like, I would rather know and have the same reaction of being like, then why the hell are you with me? I've looked like this from the moment we got together. And then at that point, at least the person is being honest. And by the way, to finish the brutal thing, it's like cruelty, better to be candid. Right. And I don't think I actually finished you that. You did say candid. Oh, did I? Yeah. Okay, never mind. Hey, I already got there. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it's very tough because he, oh, here's the other part that I was going to say that's very difficult that we need to address is I totally hear what she's saying. Like, it, And look, if it was me, I need both. And even now, like, I look at you sometimes. I'm like, he's so freaking sexy. Like, I just want to jump him. Like, I'm so still extremely attracted to you. So I couldn't imagine being in a relationship where I didn't have that. Um, so it's hard for me to say, like, no, you should, um, you should stay with him and it's not a big deal. But at the same time, there is something that we want, I need to address, which is she's very, like, she sees him as a great human being, amazing father, incredible human, would be a great business partner, and she's not sexually attracted. So imagine she splits up with him. Mm-hmm. Now, I mean, look, this is a real question. She splits up with him and never finds anybody that she can connect with on both sides. So let's say she finds someone, oh my God, he's so hot, jump, jump his bones, but he's an asshole to her. She's like, well, I'm not going down this rabbit hole. And then she turns and then she finds no one. I don't know what to say to that because then in hindsight, I'd be like, I should have stayed with, you know, Johnny over here, who's mm-hmm. wonderful and makes me feel lovely. And like, if I'd known like that sex on its own would be this traumatic, I just would have stayed with him in a way. Like that's a real scenario that that could happen, which is why it's kind of difficult to say like, no, you should be with somebody that you're only sexually attracted to. Wow. Like that sounds like 
total madness to me. Really? I like what you're saying is real, it's true, and we have to dive into it. But like when when I look at alternatives, being in a relationship where you do not find the person sexually attractive, I'm telling you that will corrode them and their esteem in a way that I don't know how to quantify. Like just imagine for a second that I didn't find you attractive. Like really think about that for a minute. Yeah. I'm still me. I'm still the same person. I'm still kind and I'm sweet to the babies and like everything. And I'm, we built a business. I mean, we've done a lot of incredible things. But underlying all of that, I don't find you attractive. Yeah, I couldn't be with you. Right? Yeah. That's what I'm saying. So it's like the fact is they don't find them attractive. So even if it's not damaging for her, it is so damaging for him. Well, here's what I was going to say is maybe, maybe, maybe not. Because what if it's not his priority and not her priority? Like, yeah. I think that's... Wait, say it again. So basically say like, okay, well, what's my priorities? Is it to be with somebody that I am... Like, you'd rather be alone. Yes. Right? Than be with someone that you weren't sexually attracted to. Correct. Even if they were the most caring, sweetest person yes, on earth. Yes, definitively. Right, but that's your priority. Priority number one is if I'm going to be in a relationship... Are they I... both being honest? Yeah, you both got to be honest. So she said, I'm not sexually attracted to you. And he's like, I don't mind. Yeah, like, I love you so much in a way. And is he, I don't mind in the, like, and now I'm just emotionally totally messed up and it's like being in an abusive relationship and I just can't bear the thought of being alone, oh, so I stay yeah, with somebody who doesn't make me feel good about myself? I don't know. Yeah, that's the problem. Like, the, the just, when I get down to the stark realities of what it would be like, there would be such an imbalance if he finds her attractive and she does not find him attractive. Mm. Like, just, I'll just tell you, human nature, like, I've never met, in all the people I've met, I've never met somebody who could actually be with somebody and think, oh, they don't find me attractive, but that's all right. They would need something. At least like if it was uh, an old guy and he's just hairy and smelly, but he's like ultra wealthy and he's with a woman that wants to be with somebody who's wealthy. At least then he's got that and he's like, cool. I would say that's very dangerous because money can be so transient, but nonetheless, at least he has something that he can hold on to and say, I've got this thing that balances the equation. Mm. So to be in a truly unbalanced equation, nope, I just don't think it ends well. And I think that there is a loneliness to being in a relationship that isn't mm. well-rounded that is so much more destructive emotionally than being alone. Mm. And I would say, honestly, do the fucking hard work of being okay by yourself. And I think that there's just, and I know I get backlash in the show for this, but the reality is do the fucking work. That's just the God's honest truth. If you're not doing the work to feel valuable in and of yourself, worthy in and of yourself, like you haven't done the work, the in all capitals, the most important work you're ever going to do is to be okay with yourself. And if you haven't done that work yet and you're so at the mercy of somebody else, it will just be this incredibly destructive relationship. And so because I am okay with me, I want to know the truth of what you think and I will survive it and it doesn't mean that it won't hurt, but I'll get to the other side of that. And if people can't hear the truth, don't want the truth and would rather be in a relationship where it's like they, they are just so afraid to be alone that they would rather be either the one who isn't attractive, attracted, or the one who has to embrace that the person I'm with doesn't find me attractive. Like, uh, do the work. How would you even approach that? Which one? So let's say, for whatever reason, you're sensing I'm a little distant, sex isn't as interesting, or you're not feeling that. Like, what would you... I'm so blunt. Like, I don't... I, I would just sit you down and I would start asking questions with of an open mind of 
like you really want to role play? Yeah. So why I'm super curious. I know how busy you are. I know how stressed you are. Um, maybe it's your tummy or whatever, but like I really want to understand why we're having so much less sex than we were having before. Oh, I see. I have to role play by myself. Oh, yeah, over yeah, here. yeah. I'm, Let's I'm go, nodding. Come on. <laughs> I'm nodding. Um, where, so am I lying to you or am I being honest? Um, like, let's well, say I'm this woman. In yeah, this... so I think the role play is going to spiral out of yeah, control. Okay. <laughs> so here's like the reality. You I... would give evasive answers whether you intended to or not because you wouldn't want to hurt my feelings. And so I would just have to keep asking the questions until I really thought I understood and listening and I had an open mind. And then I would say, let me restate what I've heard. And this is what I've heard. Is that accurate? Have I missed anything? And then you do that until you get to the truth. And some of it is going to be when they say what they say, does it really feel real or do you feel like there's something underneath it? And like, man, this could, this is like the ultra advanced class. Like people would have to watch. In fact, the couple episodes that we've done that were like true um, therapy sessions, yeah. if people go back and listen to those episodes and see how we communicate mm. at that level where it's like we're defining terms and we're asking for clarifications, we're going deep and we're saying this is what I've heard, is that accurate? Or this and, is how I feel, like right. I feel like this, you may not mean to and kind of like break, breaking down those barriers as well, right? So and we're just like, here's, here's another one. People have to be um, very aware of their own pettiness, their own insecurity, mm. the ugly thoughts and feelings that they have, whether they're aimed at themselves or the other person. You've got to be non-judgmental about like if if the other person says, "I don't find you attractive," and you're like, "You bitch!" Like you're just gonna shut them down, man. Like, do you want the truth or not? Mm. And I think so often people don't actually want the truth because they think that who they are right now is who all they can ever be. And so any like negative statement about where they are is an indictment of who they are as a human being now and forever. And so you have to have an open mind. Uh, you have to want to know the truth and you have to know that you can change anything about yourself that you want to change. Mm. So once people are, you know, thinking like that, then all of a sudden, like, even though it will still sting, there's no question. Um, that you're able to get beyond it. And, and I will say one obvious thing, like if you're such a psycho about your partner's physique that you can't even tolerate like a, a bit of, you know, varying degree, like if that's what we're talking about, it's like, oh, they used to be 6% body fat, now they're seven and I find them disgusting. It's like, all right, homie, like we've got some issue that you're not dealing with. Like, but it you doesn't need even to have to out. be about weight, right? It can be like, I hate the beard that you've, you're growing out or like your hair, when we first got married, you, you grew your hair out and I didn't like it at all. Right. And I made it very clear to you that I didn't like it because I didn't want to hold back and you decided, well, I do and I'm going to grow it and it, that is what it is. Like, I, that's kind of the level of honesty we have with each other and letting the other person still make that decision. And not feeling like, well, he's ignoring me. Clearly, he doesn't mm. care about me, right? It's like you have to divide, separate those two things. Um, so when you said you wanted, a, you wanted long hair, even though I didn't like it, like I didn't take that as an insult to me. Like, well, if he had loved, if he loves me, then he wouldn't do it. Right. Um, almost like, so um, you know, I want a tattoo, and I'm just trying to figure out what I get and where I get it. Um, I think I'm going to have your name in Greek, but I'm not sure yet. And so I asked you, you don't like tattoos on women. And I know this about you. I already have one, but I got that before we met. And this new one, I've been talking to you about it. And I want your honest opinion. You're like, look, if it was up to me, no, I wouldn't want you to get it. And I said, okay, well, I still want to get it. And I, I was very honest with you. I was like, would you still find me attractive? 
and I just ask the question and I want that honest response back because then at least I know and it's up to me like I'm not going to make a decision because you've said it right it's not like well he said this so I guess I can't what did I say when you asked that you said of course you'd yeah, find me exactly. attractive I was going to say you're making it sound like I said no I wouldn't oh sorry I didn't mean yeah um, no and you said of course I would find you attractive said, okay but I just want to put it in perspective of no matter what you said it's still my choice but at least I've got the accurate and honest response from you before I go into it versus imagine I've got a tattoo and then like you said 10 years later you're like oh I think that's ugly and I've never liked it on you and I think you know it it, it disgusts me or something I'd be like I can't believe you didn't tell me that like, why didn't you tell me that before I got it or at least I would have had to make my own decision and so you said that you don't like tattoos you'd still find me attractive and I was like well I really do want a tattoo and even if you don't like it um, I still want to get one, mm. um, but I do want you involved, and I'm definitely trying to get your like, oh yeah, that could be sexy. So I keep exploring um, where I'm going to get it, but but ultimately it's my decision, right? It's like even though we are, and I talk about this a lot on my social as well. Even though we are codependent, we're still very much independent. So um, I find myself being yes, independently codependent. Right. So. On that note, wow, I know, been going. Yes. All right, guys. Thank you so much for joining us for this episode of Relationship Theory. And that was a lot of fun. Um, if you're not following myself or Tom, you can follow me at Lisa Billu. And if you're not following Tom, you can follow him at Tom Billu. And I'm also going to add, if you guys want to hear any interviews now that I'm uh, doing Women of Impact, we have now launched our podcast. It is up and running. So go to uh, Women of Impact and you can listen to those. Indeed. Check them out. They're good. I'm telling you, even for guys. Thank you. It's a good show. All right, everybody. If you haven't already, be sure to subscribe. And until next time, my friends. Be be legendary. legendary. Take care. You normally say take care. Yeah. Peace. Hey everybody, thank you so much for listening. And if this content is delivering value to you, please go to iTunes, go to Stitcher, rate and review us. That helps us build this community. And that is what we are all about right now, building this community as big as we can to help as many people as we can deliver as much value as possible. And you guys rating and reviewing really helps with that. All right, guys, thank you again so much. And until next time, my friends, be legendary. Take care.